Isn't that a fun thought? Like, it kind of, I want you to think about the person who you, when you think back on your salvation story, you coming to faith, who was the one person who played a key role in that journey for you? Like, I, I see my Uncle Breck. He and my Aunt Jackie really wanted me to go to their church, right? And they invited me to this revival. I grew up in a Christian environment. I wasn't a stranger to the things of God. But, man, they were consistent and persistent with inviting me to be a part of their church family. And, man, the fun thing for us is that we want to create environments. So nobody's asking you to change the world, save the world. But what is, who is one person that you could say, you know what, I'm going to bring you with me next week. Like, I want to give you two, two opportunities to bring somebody with you. They're kind of fun. One is Mother's Day. So I'd love for you to invite uh, the, the one person that you would hope to see come to faith to come and sit by you. Don't, don't say, hey, go to my church. Say, hey, will you come and sit by me? Right? Sit by me on these very comfortable pews. And, and we will uh, listen to a handsome man talk about Jesus, right? <laughs> actually, actually, for Mother's Day, we're going to have a panel of moms from a lot of different seasons of motherhood that are going to help uh, speak to us about how God, uh, this is going to be a good Sunday. But the second opportunity is coming up the second Sunday in June, and that's Old Shawnee Days. And so we're the primary church, uh, we're the primary sponsor for Old Shawnee Days, and we're going to have church outside on that weekend of June the 8th, 9th. I'm not sure the exact date because I forget things like that, but it's the second Sunday of June, but we're going to have church outside. We're calling it Family Reunion because all of our campuses are going to join us that day. But that's going to be a fun day to invite somebody to come with you. So be praying who is your one person that you could invite uh, for that day. Like I said, my name is Matt, and I have the opportunity to be the lead pastor at New City Church. It's great to meet you. And, uh, get to know you a little bit better. I met several of you today just kind of shaking hands and saying hi, new family, so welcome to New City Church. But um, I want us to start this morning by you opening your own Bible, and uh, whether that's you have, your, you have a physical Bible like I do right here, or you have a Bible app, um, because I want you to read uh, a, a section of Scripture, two of the Scriptures, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of time, and then I want you to tell me back what you read from those two. Okay, so you're going to get to talk in church, and uh, you're going to get to speak up, and so here is the scripture that I want you to turn to through your app or through your Bible. And I'd love for you to all participate because here's what I know. Uh, anyone who is new to church, you're probably not very skilled in your Bible. And a lot of us even go to church, but yet we don't read our Bible on our own. And so I want to give you an opportunity to open up the Bible and see what God says to you rather than what me, what I tell, me telling you what to, what to think, all right? So turn to Hebrews chapter 10. It's in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10, and I want you to read verses 24 and 25, okay? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. I just want to give you a little bit of time to read these two verses, and then I want to ask you a question. So young and old alike, whether you're using Bible in your hand or Bible on your app, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. Let's read that for a quick moment. Once you've read it, you kind of feel like you have a little bit of understanding, just put your hand up, put your hand back down so I know where we are. Don't want to wait for us, but I want to make sure everybody has a chance. Okay. All right, let's start with this section right here. All right, this section right here. Uh, just somebody that wants to speak up real loud. What is something that you learned from those two verses? What does that verse speak about? Wait, we'll go with this section over here because Michael's ready. Go ahead. That's fine. What did you say? Encourage one another. Okay, this section right here. 
Don't, don't what? That's right, Kim. Don't give up or neglect meeting together. What about someone over here? Who, what is something that you learned from 24 and 25? Go get someone. It's relation. What about here, last section? Make it a habit. What else? Spur one another on. One more? Okay, did, did Matt Miller tell you that? Right? So what did God's word just communicate to the people of God? Do not neglect meeting together. Spur one another on. It's about relationship, right? And so today we're going to do that. We're going to talk about this idea of biblical community because we are told do not neglect meeting together. That's what God's word says to the people of God. And so let's kind of dive in and, and learn that. And I want, to, I want you to do, uh, if you have paper and you have a pen, I want you to draw five circles that are inside each other. If you don't have a paper and pen, that's fine. On your smartphone, go to your notes or wherever you take notes, and I want you to number five, four, three, two, one. Okay? So either five circles we're going to talk about. I'm going to give you a, a, a diagram that talks about the involvement within a church body. Your involvement within a church body. So if you can't draw circles, number on your paper five, four, three, two, one, from the most distant to the most close. And um, as we do this, let's see what God might reveal to you about uh, spiritual, or I'm sorry, about biblical communities. Is that good? Are you ready for this? All right, number one, uh, in the first area, uh, the, the, the fifth circle, or number five would be this, community. They're all going to start with the letter C, because that's how pastors have to roll. They have to be the same letter. Um, the community. Now, here's what community is defined by. Community is anyone in Kansas City that we might reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as a church body, we're not just trying to hit this street or just this people group. Our mission statement is to inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus. And the you could look like, be like. We're just, we're just, we want to inspire people into a relationship with Jesus. Here's what I know. I have never been successful at changing anybody. But Jesus is extremely successful in changing people every single day. Right? But man, my job is to introduce. So that's why we do Old Shawnee Days. We're going to be at Old Shawnee Days. We're going to be selling cheese fries. They'll change your life. You need to come by and spend some money and get some of those, right? What, what? But then we're also going to have church outside, like I mentioned. And we're going to share a lot of stories. And people are going to get to see and hear about how God, the community, has an opportunity to hear about this gospel of Jesus. They're not here this morning. The community is out there. And that's who we go after as a church body. Here's the second C. It would be circle number four. All right? It's the crowd. The crowd. And here's how I would define the crowd. The crowd are those who come to New City, but it's rare. They come to New City Church, but it's rare. It doesn't have to be New City. You may be here visiting from out of town. A crowd is the person who goes to church, but it's rare. But I'm going to speak to New City because that's where, who, where we are today, right? And so New City Church crowd are those who might show up on Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, or there's just several Sundays from your last visit to your most recent one, okay? Does that, does that make sense? Now, we start talking about people in the room when I start talking about the crowd. And so here is what I'm going to ask us today is how do you lean in closer to biblical community, right? Some of you uh, would self-assess you as being a part of the crowd. And so I'm not going to tell you where you stand. I want you to self-assess based on the description, and I want to inspire you today to hopefully engage this biblical community a little bit better. Is that cool? So the next three, the next C, number three, is congregation. Okay, the congregation. I define the congregation like this. This is a people who call New City their, their church. Like when someone says, hey, where do you go to church? You say, oh, I go to New City. 
However, yeah, woo-woo, but it, it doesn't go any further than attendance. Like, you tell people you go to church, and for you, and listen, I'm glad you're here. I'd rather you be congregation than community, right? But I, I also am inviting those of us in the congregation to lean in, because right now, if you're a congregation, your attendance to church is your only involvement to church, meaning that you're here for worship, and you're here for the teaching, and those two things haven't thus far chased you away, right? Maybe you heard something and you've been drawn in by that rather than full house today. So I'm, I'm encouraged uh, this morning to see so many faces, returning faces, second time, third time guests, right? But, but it, man, we want to move beyond just, oh, that's my church. Well, why? Well, that's where I go to listen to a really good-looking dude speak and preach, right? False praise. Okay, here we go. The next one, number two, number two is the committed. Not those who need to be committed, right? The committed. The committed is this. These are the ones who call New City their home church. When someone says, hey, where do you go to church? You say, oh, I go to New City. But they also have church friends. See, another way to say biblical community is having church friends. I don't really walk around going, hey, are you a part of a biblical community? I don't talk like that. But man, you know what? I have a lot of church friends, right? And so a person who is committed to this ministry called New City, you have church friends. Here's what that means. It means people know you and you know people. It means that somebody knows your name and they know your story, and it also means that you know people's names and you know their story. Like there's some type of relationship being formed, but there's more to being committed. It's not just I know people's names. It's you are uh, generous towards the church in your time and in your finances. Like, it's hard to look in the scriptures and find examples of biblical community and find an absence of shared talents or shared resources or shared uh, skill sets and shared money. Like, and we're going to see that later. But it's this idea that, hey, look, this is, this is what I have, and I'm willing to use the talents that God has gifted me, and I'm, I'm, I'm offering to use a portion of the resources God has gifted me to be a blessing to this ministry because I'm committed here. Like, I'm committed to New City Church. The other one would be serving, right, the, the, your resources. I don't want to make sure we connect those dots. So it is, it is a... Uh, have church friends, man, I serve, this is a place where I, get, I, I use my gifts and talents, and it's a place where I share my resources, like I, 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 I give because I am committed to this place, I want to see it succeed, I, I don't just attend, no, I'm going I'm to get, get involved because I care about this ministry of New City because that's my church, like Jen and I made a decision a long time ago that the biggest check that we would write, bigger than our mortgage, would be the check that we wrote to New City Church. That was the decision that we made. I'm not saying you need to make that, but for us, I want you to know that where my, Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. And it's important for me to know that I am committed to you. Like, I'm committed to this church. I'm not committed to this facility. I love this facility. But I'm not committed to a building. I'm committed to a people who are pursuing something together, right? I mean, I'd love to see us become a committed people. But there's a closer there's even a smaller circle and it's called the core it's called the core the core are those of us who have taken all of our spiritual chips and we've pushed them in we've said we're all in we're all in like man i'm not church shopping i'm not church hopping man this is my place man i love this place and not only am i going to have church friends and i'm going to give and i'm going to serve i'm also going to help compel others to do the other man i'm going to link arms with you to equip the saints for the work of the ministry I'm not just going to come and, and like be on a team. I want to help get more people. Like I'm interested this morning for the core. The core sees people coming in that they don't yet know, and they don't stand up in the corner going, I wonder if anybody will introduce them. The core, the person who's the core says, man, I'm going to engage that person because this is my house, right? 
And so from community to the core, how do we lean in this morning to see what God might have to say to you? So let's get into some content now, all right? So I am speaking this week out of chapter 16 of our Believe book, and I want to quickly promote this because we are halfway through it. The Believe book is broken down into three sections of ten. The first ten weeks, which are long gone, were our foundational Christian beliefs. Right now, we're currently smack dab in the middle of Christian practices. That simply means, how do Christians behave? Like, what are the things that we do out in the community? How do we live? How do we, how do we reflect Jesus in our homes and in our relationships? Now, the reason I'm pushing this book is because we're going to continue to read and learn from the scriptures that this book provides through the next 10 weeks. So, uh, on through Old Shawnee Days, we're going to talk about how God is shaping us and forming us in Christian uh, spiritual formation. And so, like, what God is doing within you. We're, so, like today... Uh, we've had the opportunity to read chapter 16 this week, and I'm just the sun, I'm the cherry on top of the Sunday. I'm going to wrap up what you've had an opportunity to talk about, and, uh, and that idea is spiritual, I mean, is biblical communities. But again, a better way to say it, in my opinion, is making some church friends. And I love this topic. It's been important to my life, and so there are three things that I want to teach you this morning, all right? Number one is this. I want to teach you why you need church friends. I want to teach you where to find church friends. And finally, I want to teach you how to be a church friend. Okay, and so let's just jump right in right away with why you need church friends. And to do this, when I'm going to predict the future, not because I have a crystal ball and I'm going to get weird on you, but I'm going to predict the future because there are certain things that I know are going to happen. Here's the first thing number one, you will experience many types of trials and sorrows. Right? My friend Dan Sutherland says it like this you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to enter a storm. So let's just play a game. All right? How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that you're currently in a storm? By a show of hands, you're in one. Okay? A few hands go up. How many of you would say that you're just coming out of a storm? All right? The rest of you, get ready. <laughs> now, it might just be a little spring shower or it might be a tsunami. I don't know. Right? I don't know. But here's the truth you're in or coming out, or about to go into a storm of life. Jesus said it like this in John 16, 33. It's a very spiritual uh, uh, quote that we've used there, but because Jesus backs it up in 16, 33. He says, here on earth, which is where we all live, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Jesus says, here's the, here's the thing. On this earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. Some of us thought this. Some of us thought that when you said yes to Jesus that you were going to have a stormless life. Somebody told you that, and that's not true. Jesus says the opposite. In this life, you will have many trials of all shapes and sizes, but Christian, take heart. What's that mean? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? He has overcome the world. Like in this storm, God has gifted you a spiritual umbrella that's called the name of his son, Jesus Christ, a person who really lived, who really died, and who really resurrected. And we have the opportunity to stay under the umbrella of our faith. But at any moment, we can take our eyes off Jesus and experience all the wet and cold that a storm provides. Are you with me? And so we keep our eyes on Jesus because there are many trials in this world. Now, Here's the truth that I want you to think about, okay? Here's the question. Who will be by your side when you experience these storms? Because they're coming, right? Who will be by your side? So I'm not telling you to abandon all friendships except church friends. I'm not saying that. I have church friends, I have non-church friends, and I have family. I'm not sure sometimes what category they're in, all right? 
that's a joke. Um, but you guys have the same right. You have family, you have church friends, you have non-church friends. Uh, here, but here's the truth. Uh, and this is my story. Maybe it'll apply to you. There have been some storms in my life that I have stayed in longer because I listened to the wrong friend. There are some situations in my life that I have endured longer, had pain longer because I chose to listen to the wrong friend, right? And so it's not about abandoning all of your, like, how are we to go and make disciples and baptize them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded? How are we to pray for that one person and abandon all of our non-church friends? No, 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 we don't, we don't abandon the world. We are to be in the world but not of it. But when you go through a storm, who you link arms with is a really important decision. Proverbs 20, verse 18 says this, Plans succeed through what kind of counsel? Can you guys read? What good counsel and what kind of wisdom? Wise, right? Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. Oftentimes what we do is we get counsel and we get advice. And the proverb teaches here, no, no, it's not just about getting somebody's opinion on your life. It's listening to somebody that you want to be like when you grow up. Like, do you guys realize that you're in a war? Like, your faith is under attack. You following Jesus. The enemy does not sit like, here's the thing. When you were going your own way and doing your own thing, the enemy wasn't messing with you. You probably gave him credit for things he wasn't even doing. Why would the enemy spend his time messing with a person that has no impact on the kingdom of God? But I'll tell you this, the moment that you say yes to Jesus, and the moment you start trying to get your life in order, the moment you start trying to follow and, and accept the promises of God into your life, the enemy gets off the sideline and he starts punching you in your spiritual face. And you need people around you that will say, oh, this is what he do. But we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Because on this earth there will be many trials and many sorrows, but we stay focused on Christ because I have my church friends that are with me. They're linked arm, right? You're going to have trials. Here's the second reason why you need some church friends. Are you ready? I love this one. This is my favorite one. The direction of your friends will determine the direction of your life. Like, this is a quote that you need to memorize, and I don't care if you're old or young. If there's any young people in the room, like, this will change your life. The direction of your friends will determine the direction of your life. Right now, there are people in this room who are currently in a storm because of your friends. You are currently in the mess that you're in because of the people that you call buddy. Because of the girls that you go out with, the reason that you have this relationship problem, the reason that you have this money issue, the reason that you might even have this addiction is because you simply do as your friends do. By the way, that's what makes them your friends. Think about this. Like this is this is like in my mind, uh, maybe uh, maybe I think it makes sense. But friendship is based on common interest. Simply put, you do what your friends do. You know this, right? You do what your friends do. Uh, one of my most vivid high school memories, I was in the 11th grade. I walk into the cafeteria. I set my tray down at the lunch table with all my buddies like I had done a kajillion times. And my buddies are talking. And I say, hey, Todd, what are you guys talking? I think one of my friends was Todd. I say, hey, Todd, what are you guys talking about? And he says, man, I can't tell you. I'm like, what do you mean you can't tell me? We're like best, like the four of us, like we're like peas and carrots, man. Right? Like we were, to, these, us four, we were together all the time, and they can't tell me what they're talking about. But here's what had happened: I had made a decision that had consequences in the relationship. See, my friends had started uh, making the decision to get high before and after school, right? 
And I knew about this, but I also knew that one night my dad caught me walking out the door, and he said to me, I hear that your buddies are getting high, and I even hear that they might be selling that stuff. And he says, son, let me be real clear to you. Now, my, I grew up in northeast Arkansas in a town of maybe 30 people, right? And my dad is about as close to hillbilly and redneck as you can get, right? <laughs> so, like, if, if you would identify yourself uh, as a liberal, as a part of the Democratic Party, don't go on my dad's Facebook because he lives to offend you. That's what my dad, my dad, that's, uh, he gets up in the morning, he's like, how can I offend the left? And I'm like, dad, chill out, right? So, but he got in between, but he also loves his kids, and uh, he's a godly man who loves his family. And my dad, who was not my primary spiritual influence growing up, got between me and the front door, and he said, if I ever hear that you've gotten high, he said, and I'm not going to use the language he used, but I'm going to give you the letter. He said, he said, if I ever hear something, you're getting high, he goes, your A is grass, and I'm a lawnmower. <laughs> now, that might not sound loving to you, but that pointed his oldest son in a certain direction in life. Because I had fear of my earthly father. He wasn't playing. And so, but I didn't know how to tell my buddies no. So you know what I did? I had worked at Taco Bell at the time, and I asked my manager if I could close Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Because it was easier for me to tell the guys I couldn't hang out with them because I had to work than it was to tell them that my dad doesn't want me hanging out with you. I didn't know how to do that, so I worked. I worked a lot. And because I worked a lot, I didn't hang out with them as much. And because I didn't hang out with them as much, I wasn't doing what they were doing. And so when I sit down at the table and they're talking about who they're getting their stuff from, I can't be included in that because I'm not their friend in that situation. And that stunk. That stunk. And I would love to tell you that, man, all things turned out great. And, man, I was Mr. Whatever in high school, my, my junior and senior year. I wasn't. Man, 95 and 96 were some of the most lonely times of my life. I worked all the time. And I went to school. That's what I did. I lived with my parents as a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. Remember, in the middle of nowhere, 30 people. We didn't have cable, right? And so how fun is it sitting around with your mom and dad on a Tuesday night with nothing to do? That's what I felt. I'm not saying you are if that's your life, but I'm seeing how I felt. I wasn't, I wasn't doing what a man should do. I didn't have no girl. I was like, dumb and dumber. I got no food. I got no job. I got no money. I didn't have any. I, mean, I just felt like I had anything. But you know what? God used that lonely season to push me back to the church where I had said yes to Jesus my, 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 that, that, that same year. He had taken that lonely season and just got me to the place where I needed to be, where I would focus my eyes back on him. And what happened was uh, he introduced me to some church friends. It's where I met Mandy and Farah. It's where I met Craig and Laura. I mean, I played, me and my buddy Charlton spent many a day playing GoldenEye, which was the first four-person shooter on, uh, I don't know if it was a Nintendo, I don't remember. I don't, you guys remember, anybody older people play that game when you were a kid? GoldenEye, GoldenEye would like change my life. It was good, right? Amen. Amen, I get in the back from the guys, right? And so like, I probably could have had a girlfriend sooner if it would have been good for GoldenEye. I played that game way too much, <laughs> all right? But, 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 but Tommy and Jason and Josh, Tasha, Julie, Melissa, I mean, these were the people that I was doing life with. And some of you guys know uh, uh, that through uh, Rachel Moinks and, and, and introduced me to her uh, lost husband or lost boyfriend at the time, Chris Moinks, who became one of my best buddies, church friends, man. I'm telling you, the reason that I pastor a church today is because of the men and women, who, my mentors who invested in my spiritual life and my church friends who gave me accountability as, I, as they pointed me towards Jesus. See, the directions of your friends will determine the direction of your life. You need church friends. Here's the third one. It's not as spiritual. But at some point, you will move homes and you will need cheap help. At some point, you might have a baby and will need baby stuff. 
At some point you will die, and the funeral is always better when the people talking actually know you. <laughs> Funny but true. Listen, if you move and you're a part of the congregation, and you call the church office and say, Pastor Matt, will you come move me? Depart from me, for I never knew your name. I'm not a mover. I'm not a moving company, right? But I move my church friends. I mean, Joe Shannon just moved, and his D group came, right? And they helped, and his wife didn't have to lift near as many boxes because of Brandon and Randy and Adam and the other guys that showed up to help. That's what church friends do. He might even gave them pizza. That's like the standard thing, right? But those things are going to happen in your life. Now, how do you find church friends, right? I'm going to give you five simple things on how to find church friends within the context of New City. Number one is fill out that Connect card. Like, if we don't know your name, like, I typically know my church friends' names. But if you're wanting to stay kind of isolated, you know, real quick, hang on, let let me chase this. So far, I've talked a lot about how you have to be cautious with the people that you hang with and how you need church friends, how you need both. But the truth is this, there are some in this room who you don't have friends at all because you're isolated. And so it's not about you uh, giving more time to church friends, it's just giving time for people to speak into your life because you like to play in your own sandbox and you don't do well with others. And I want to invite you as well to risk being hurt because um, church people will hurt you. I've got scars. So I'm not promising you that as you make church friends, you're not going to have church hurts. But I also know that the only way to make church friends is to be vulnerable with who you are and share your story and what God is doing in your life. And a simple little step is, man, to fill out a connect card and say, hey, this is who I am, and and this is my name, and here's how you can get a hold of me. Here's a second way, attend City Walk. There's actually one happening today, right after this service. City walk, as we say, is your next best step. If you're here and you're kind of new, if you're here and you're not connected, if you're here and you would say, I don't have church friends, if you're here and you're like, man, I don't really give, I don't really serve, man, this is the class that is designed to help you take your next step. Number three, come a little early, stay a little late. I walked out of first service this morning. Brandon's already in the lobby talking to people, and there were others. But if your church MO is that you come in about the second song and you dash out right after the service is over, I'm going to predict the future again. You're going to have a really hard time making church friends. And at some point, if that is your church experience, I've been in this for seven years now at New City, here's what I know to be true. At some point, you will hear all of my jokes. <laughs> and at some point, for those of you who love my teaching, you will no longer love my teaching and you will leave this place. But church friends committed to the core will keep you invested because you know what the core realize and the committed realize it's not about the words that are coming out of my mouth my daughter Allie she's 10 this is what I'm teaching her dad why do we go to church I asked her that why do we go to church Allie she goes to learn about Jesus like she gave me the church preacher's kid answer I said no we do not she goes what and I go Allie you you live the Christian life with your like we, we take church home with us right? Like we talk about Jesus in our homes as we come and as we go. It's not just on Sunday morning. I said, babe, you're 10, but when you go to church, you're not going to learn more about Jesus. You're going to help people. You're going to help those who are searching out the things of Jesus. So right now, my daughter Allie, who's 10, and her twin sister Christy, they're in the preschool room with some of uh, your kids uh, that, that are that toddler and preschool age, and they're loving your little boy, and they're loving your little girl as they're teaching, as the adult teachers are teaching your child spiritual truths at that age level. Because my kids don't come to hear about Jesus. You know why? They can read. 
they can read and they have people, they have church friends in their family that talk about it. And so when they come to church, they're like, Dad, who do I get to help today? What little girl, what little boy do I get to welcome into preschool and let them stop crying, let them have a good time so that their mom and dad can come up and sit in the service and enjoy the worship and the teaching? Man, come a little early, stay a little late, make a church friend. Number four, attend a believe group. There's all, we have them all throughout the week at different times. They're all on our website. And you feel like, well, Matt, there's not one that fits my schedule. Let us know that, and we'll start one. We'll, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to help you make church friends. And last but not least, join a ministry team and make New City better. This is a great way to make church friends. You just had an awesome worship experience with a band. You could join the worship arts team. Guys that play, they sing. We have a tech team in the back of the room that makes sure all of the stuff is happening behind me and so for you guys to follow along. If you're not into worship arts, we have family ministry. That's preschool, elementary, student ministry. You can give your time. Well, I don't really am called to children's ministry. Yeah, but do you care about the families that are here? Do you love? Are you willing to give an hour of your life once a month so that somebody can, might, might be able to come and hear about Jesus for the first time? But if you are called, man, get involved. Then we have the third group that we have, the ministry, is our uh, first impressions or our hospitality team. That's ushers, greeters, those who welcomed you at the door, those who gave you your bulletin, those who made the coffee and provided the donuts. Like There is a way for you to join in and make New City better. Now, this is my favorite part. How do you be a church friend? I want you to make church friends, and I want you to find church friends, but how do you be a church friend? So I want to give you four scriptures. All right, are you ready? I'm going to give you some, a little commentary and then four scriptures. The first one is this. I want to give you like a procession of how church friends happen. The disciples were Jesus' first church friends. You know that, right? The disciples were Jesus' first church friends, and the disciples invited others into this friendship by believing in the name, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, God's one and only Son. And so the, Jesus, the, the disciples did life with Jesus, and after his resurrection, they went all over the place proclaiming about forgiveness for sins in the name of Jesus and invited people to be a part of their church family, to be a part of church friends. We learn this in 1 John chapter 1. <coughs> it's on the screen. The disciple whom Jesus loved writes this, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, meaning that, hey, this is not gossip or secondhand. John was like, I was there so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. This morning, what I am doing is I'm extending a hand to the congregation, and I'm inviting you to become a committed person at New City Church because so many of us have our hands attached to the Father, and we want you to be a part of the relationship that we are in in Jesus Christ. We're inviting you to be a part. We're not inviting you to give up more Sunday morning stuff. We're actually inviting, hey, be a part of this church family. Now, what I just said, does that hold up in Scripture? Well, let's continue on. When we say yes to Jesus, we are no longer strangers. The moment that you say yes to Jesus being your Lord and Savior, you are automatically, automatically included into the family of God. We join in what God is doing when you said yes to Jesus. I just met Kayla this morning. She had sent me an email a few weeks back saying that she had said yes to Jesus after a Sunday morning teaching. She was invited by her boyfriend, Spencer. She came. She heard the gospel. She received the gospel. She sent me an email, and today I got to shake her hand for the first time. The moment she said yes to to Jesus, guess what? There's not a class that she has to go through to be a part of the family of God. She is in the family of God. Now, she may not know that and fully understand it yet. That's why we have church friends. 
because we have to teach one another up. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, what Paul says about this. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Jesus started at cornerstone, apostles, the saints that have continued on, now all the way in the year 2019, look how big the church has gotten. And we continue to invite people into our fellowship. In him, Jesus, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. Here's what's weird. All of these little bodies in the room, all of these bodies throughout the room, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, all of these bodies in the room come together in the body of Jesus Christ. All of the bodies, doesn't matter your financial background, doesn't matter your education level, the confession that Jesus is Lord, that he is my Savior and Lord, that confession brings your body into the body of Jesus Christ. In the moment that you said yes, he then seals your body with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so we are together, this body, this church body, with many different parts. Because, see, you bring something unique to the table. You bring something unique to this church. But if you're not engaged in New City, then guess what? The body of New City misses out because your body isn't present. Man, that's confusing. But maybe not so much. But here's the thing. That's the invitation. The invitation is to take everything God has gifted you on your proclamation that Jesus is Lord and being sealed with the Holy Spirit and say, listen, I'm all in with what you guys are doing. I'm all in with how you proclaim the gospel. I'm all in with how you're going to reach this neighborhood. I am all in. So letter C for me is this. We are not playing church. We are not playing. Listen, if you want to, I got to say this about once a quarter. And I know it rubs some of you the wrong way, but I'm de- I mean this. If all you want to do is play church, there's a lot of churches that are satisfied with that. But if you're willing to link arms with me and so many others and say, I care about my neighbors and I care about my neighborhood, and I care about my friends who are lost and their life is suffering because they're doing life without, outside of the, 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 the ways of Jesus with his love. If, like, I care about that. And if you're like, oh, I'll check, I went to church today. Okay. There's some really good preachers online. That's what I would do. But that ain't what God's called you to. That is not like, that's not life. There is this draw in to, hey, you get to play in the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now check this out. Now the entire group, this is like one of the first uh, observations of the early church. Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But instead they held everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person who had any need. Shared stuff, shared resources. Man, everything that I have is for the body. I mean, can I, can I tell you a fun story that happened? Like, if, if, if no one in this room... Uh, is inspired to take a step towards biblical community this morning uh, man god used me and let me be a part of something during the first hour that i get to go home today with my held head high i was shaking hands as a guy who got here early his name's kevin fleming and he sits right about right there uh where kyle is sitting now and um and or, i'm sorry where jay is sitting right now he sat right there in that, in that spot on the pew and i said hey kevin how are you doing man 
Has it been a good week or a rough week? And he said, man, he goes, it's, he goes, it's weird. He goes, I'm trying to get into a house. And I said, right, what do you mean? He goes, man, I'm trying to get in an apartment. He goes, I'm 0 for 16. And I go, what's up? And he told me I could share all this. He said, I have, he goes, I have a, a felony from back in 2015 on, on possession. He goes, but man, I've been sober for 40 months. It's awesome, right? Yeah, I, we all applauded for him. It's awesome. And he said, but I, I keep getting denied. And I said, you know what? I said, man, I've got a great friendship with the guys who own Axiom Properties here in, in our neighborhood. And I said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to them before you. He goes, man, I told him the apartments. I said, is there one that you're interested in? He said, I actually applied for Oasis, and they denied me. I said, well, because they don't know you. All they see is felon, right? And I said, I, so I don't make policies for Axiom Properties, and I, have, I, have, I don't work in the office, but I do have a relational influence, right? And so I stepped out of this room, and I went to my office, and I picked up my phone, and I texted Steve Brown, who does all of their stuff, and I asked a favor. I asked if he would let Kevin have a one be, be able to rent a one-bedroom apartment, although he has a felony on his record, because he's 40, day, 40 months clean and sober, he is uber-faithful to New City Church, and he's following Jesus. His job is even a substance abuse counselor. Now listen, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's what church friends do, right? We leverage whatever relationship, whatever resource, whatever God has given us to help a friend in need. Kevin and I have never even had lunch together, but he belongs to this church body. This is where he calls home, and he serves, and he helps, and he does what he can to be a part of this church. Man, that's what the church does. Last one. I invite the worship team to come on up. If you guys want to come on up and get ready for our last song here. But Kansas City will know us by our love. And I put in parentheses words and actions. We are not going to be a church that just merely talks love. Last scripture, and then we're going to worship and, and be generous together. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers. So John is talking about your church friends. Brothers and sisters who are believers. It proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life within them. Next paragraph. We know what real love is. How do we know this? Because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or a sister in need, but shows no compassion, biblical compassion, real, real quick, you look in the word in the Hebrew and you look at the word in the Greek, I taught on this several weeks back, it's, the word is bowels, which is weird, like your guts. And this is weird. Biblical compassion in Hebrew and Greek is bowels. And there are times when God grabs you by the gut and compels you to do something. It doesn't happen always, but sometimes God grabs you. This morning, God grabbed me by the guts with Kevin, and he said, you can maybe do something here, right? But a sister in need but shows no compassion, how can, love's, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, last part. Let's not merely catch this, church. Please catch this. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. I'm inviting all of us to be that here. I'm inviting all of us to love one another in such a way that there is no need that we're able to care financially and encouragement-wise and friendship-wise that people, like, I want you to leave here this morning knowing that somebody loves you and is for you, and although you're in a storm and you might feel like you're alone, you're not alone. 
And if you're here this morning and you feel like you're alone and you're sitting by yourself because you feel like you are alone, you're not alone. And we want to we partner with you. We are glad you're here and we love you. And that is what New City is going to be about. Amen? I'm going to invite you guys to stand with me. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. And we're going to be generous together. Uh, the, one of the things I had written down here that I wanted to share with you is that over the last two weeks, nine people have gone public with their faith in baptism. Nine, in the last two weeks, nine people. Now, you're like, Matt, is that good or bad? The national average for a church to baptize in a year is three. And in the last two weeks, we've had nine. So far this year, we've baptized 14 people. That's a good, I'm really excited about that, right? It's a good thing. Now, we have a goal of baptizing 100 people into the family of God this year. And I share that to say that if you're here this morning and through this message, it's all talking about church friends. If you've been inspired by the Holy Spirit to say yes to Jesus for the first time, man, we want to celebrate that with you and we want to help you take your next spiritual step. Now, one of those things that we do, and the reason I tell that story right there is because sometimes we miss the opportunity to give and we think that uh, giving is just giving. Giving actually in the ministry is an investment. And whenever you choose to partner with New City Church in your finances, you play a major part in what we're doing, not only in this neighborhood, but in neighborhoods all across Kansas City. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. These are people that serve on our ushers team. I'm going to ask you guys to come forward. I'm going to pray that God would bless us in our generosity, that we would choose to be generous to all that God is doing. And then we're going to give and worship together. So Father, we love you. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for the people that are here today. And Father, I pray that people would be inspired to step in, to lean in. May you bless our generosity. May you encourage us in all ways. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's give and worship at this time.